With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord and welcome to In Divine Ministries. Praise be to God. We're going to be starting our service very soon. Yeah, so we love you. 
What was he doing at this particular time? Um, and I think he was reflecting back on where, where we were all starting back from. Okay. I really believe that you have to have a starting point. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know where to begin, how do you know where to end? All right. Rhonda, you got anything you want to add to that? Said it. She said it? Okay. All righty. <laughs> all righty. She got more. <laughs> I want to add. I want to add a point. He says, okay, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What John was doing at this particular time was he was trying to add hope. Hope, okay. He was trying to add hope. He was showing the deity of Christ. Yes. The deity of Christ. Now, think about that. When you decide that you're trying to help somebody and you send them, let's say, to a bank, to borrow money, right? Mm-hmm. You don't just say, well, go down to uh, First National down here and, 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 and try to get a loan down there, right? Right. Most likely, that friend of yours, you'll describe what First National has done for you. Yes, yes. You're going to prove that they're the bank to go to. They're the one. They've helped me out of bad situations. Yes. So you're going to offer hope to your friend. Right? That the friend may think all of a sudden, guess what? We may get this loan. This is what John was doing when he said, in the beginning was the word. He was propping, he was showing the deity of Christ at this particular time. So what he was telling, what he was telling the Christian, the believing Christian, that you can stand on God's word. You can stand on the word. Because he said, in the beginning was the word, and it followed. Someone get, someone get uh, Genesis one and one. Genesis one and one. This was very interesting to me, because what John was doing, he was trying to build up the hope of the Christian. Because imagine, imagine, here you are. Jesus had been killed. Jerusalem had been destroyed. You know, uh, had been destroyed. Yes. Ready? Yes, go ahead. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Yes. And the earth was without form and void. Yes. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep. Yes. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Yes, keep reading. And God said, let there be light. Stop right there. That God said, let there be light. Yes. We read in John, it says, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, yes. And God said in Genesis, let there be light. Yes. So what are we talking about here? So he spoke the word, and the word became obedient. Amen. He spoke the word. That is the common thread between John and Genesis 1, yes. he spoke the word. He spoke the word, okay? So what John is doing is giving a clear picture of the person of Christ, yes. a clear picture. Yes. He's given the power of his deity, the power that he wielded. Yes. So he's saying only thing God is saying that he spoke the word, mm-hmm. and that's the point I want to talk about tonight. Is the word. The word. 
How many of us really truly believe in the word of God? Truly believe, truly, truly believe in the word of God. Here was these Christian believers. They were believing in Jesus Christ. They had believed in what he spoke about. But here's John saying, in the beginning was the word. He still had to offer them hope to stand on God's word. Because imagine, we're going through some tough times now. You're going through a lot of financial hardships. Marriages are being broken up. And then you're being told every time you go to church to stand on God's word. See, we have to learn how to take a look and question ourselves. Can we truly stand on God's word? See, John went back and told me, he said, see, in the beginning was the word. Go back and read the Old Testament scriptures about Genesis 1 and 1 when God spoke the word. He said, let it be light. He said, let the firmament, firmament. See, he spoke, God spoke the word. God spoke the word. And it says here in John, the word became what? It became uh, uh, actuality. It became reality. Right. It, it, became, it, it, became, it became obedient to the, to the person, but to the deity that uh, proceeded with that word. It just had to give up the ghost and come on into that. It's, uh, it's like when I teach in the prophet's class, I said the first prophetic word that was ever spoken was, but there's light and mm-hmm. it came so. Mm-hmm. But also, too, what we're seeing here is the illustration of tensions between faith and unbelief. Yeah. So you got a lot of people that want to speak the word. Mm. They want to try to stand on the word. Right. But then they have doubt in their heart. Come on now. They have some doubt in their heart, and they wonder why this word is not working for them. See, John wanted to paint a clear picture to them of the person of Christ, that he is the word, that he had the power. See, because you've got to believe in the word, and the word has power before to be willing, before it is able to work for you. Amen. Amen. So it says, in the beginning was the word. So we find, we find, read Genesis again. He said, go to what God spoke. And God said, let there be light. Amen. And there was light. Yes. Yes. He said, let there be light. He spoke it. But God said, mm-hmm. now let's go. We're going to go to John. And if you go to John, it says when Jesus spoke with the first miracle Jesus did, he turned water into, into wine. wine. Yes. By the power of what? Of his word. Of his word. Of the spoken word, of the spoken word. Get get Mark eleven Mark eleven twenty three. See, we got to realize the power of words. See, we walk around here and we almost disarm ourselves because we say it when, when you're in church. You say it, or you're around another Christian. You say it, but then in your heart, you're not truly believing it. So go to Mark eleven twenty three. And what does it say there? What do we find there? For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and it shall be cast into the sea, and shall no doubt in his heart, but shall 
shall believe that those things which he shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. What is it saying? What is it saying? He said no matter what the challenge is, you speak life into it, it shall be removed. There's two key words in that one particular scripture. One is saying it, and then if you read down, it says what? Gotta believe with no doubt. Believe. Amen. Believe. Say it again. Believe with no doubt. Believe with no doubt. That's the point I want to stress in the class today. That you've got to believe without any doubt. Yeah. It's too many times we walk around here and we don't believe. We we'll say it, yeah. but we don't believe it. We already got a defeated type of attitude within ourselves. And God say He looks at your heart. Come on now. He looks at the heart. Doesn't, didn't he say it in the word? Yeah, yeah. He looks at your heart. So if he's looking at your heart and you're already doubting in your heart, mm -hmm. then why are you wasting the words of saying it? Because the scriptures already say that you're going to give an account of every idle word that you speak. Yeah. Either you're going to speak it in power or don't speak it at all. Come on now. You don't play with God's word. So it's saying the word. We've got to learn how to use the word in today's vernacular and put it in today's, use it at the power of today because everything is going wrong today. you got all kind of spirits. you got all kind of devils chasing you today out to destroy you, out to destroy you. And you have to be able to have the power of the word. So what it says in Mark 11 and 23, it says not only do you say it, but you have to believe it without doubt. Yes, yes, yes. And then if you go into the book of James, it says, if you are wavering a little bit, it says then ask God liberally, yes. and he will give you wisdom to be able to use the word. Okay. So, and then we see in James, and James made it so clear in the book of James, and John, I mean in John, John 20 and 31, he said, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. Yes. So sometimes I sit down in the church and I wonder how many people honestly believe in a Jesus they can't see. And a Jesus they can't see. Are you looking at the blessings of the pastor or are you looking at the blessings of a spiritual person? See, sometimes, like, like, like it said in the Bible, it said the Jews look for signs. It said the Gentiles, they just didn't believe in it anyhow. Right. They used their common sense. If it didn't make, if it didn't make sense to them, they, they, they couldn't fathom it. Right. How many people are walking around today? How many people are walking around today are looking for signs? Yes. He told Doubting Thomas, didn't he? He said, blessed are ye that have seen, yes. but more blessed are ye that have believed and not seen. Yes. I believe sometimes we walk around and we look for signs. Yes, God. And see, in the book of John, he was showing the miracles of Jesus so that you could believe in Jesus, yes. that Jesus had the power to save you if you believe in him. If you believe in him. You know, that's so true because 
when we talk about the woman with the issue of blood, and at that time, um, I cannot think of the man's name, but his daughter was dying at the same time this woman was going through her issue. Uh-huh. And when they was on their way to this man's house to save his daughter, mm-hmm. and yet and still, he told her that her faith has made her whole. Mm-hmm. Amen. He didn't even have to do nothing. She just touched to him in his garment, but it's a mm. faith. But now he transferred that back to the man because mm. the man began, he's spending all this time with this woman. His daughter's going to die, but he told him, he said, you hold on to your faith, mm-hmm. and she shall not die. Mm-hmm. Come on. So what is that? You're speaking it yes. into existence. Yes. Let's go back to the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of blood, yes. the example you brought up. What did she say? She said, if I could just touch the hem. If I could just touch the hem of the garment. She spoke it. Yes. She spoke the faith, right? Yes. Now, this is what trips people up. This is the part that tripped people up. She had to push through the press yes. to get to Jesus. Yes. Yes. See, a lot of times we yes. speak things, we speak it, but then when we have to push through the press, it messes us up. Amen. And and knocks us out of faith. Amen. Because remember, when you open up your mouth yes. to say anything for Jesus Christ, yes. Satan heard it. You know he did. And he's going to create obstacles yes. in your way to knock you off track. Yes, he is. You have to hang on because mm-hmm. you done spoke it. Now, we just read Mark eleven twenty three, and what did it say? It says that you got to believe without doubting. You could say to the mountain, that I'll be removed. Read it again. It says, so verily I say unto you, mm-hmm. that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and it shall be cast into the sea, and shall no doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those no. things which he shall say shall come to pass. He shall say to whatever he saith. Now, see, I want everybody who's under the sound of my voice listening to me today. Yes. You need to internalize that. Yes. You need to internalize that. Yes. I said earlier in some of the lessons that you've got the wicked out there that are using God's principles and making it come to pass. Yes, they are. All yes, right? You've got people of these giant companies. What are they doing? They're using that same principle in Mark 11, 23, mm-hmm. and creating these gigantic companies. Yes. Because they say it so. Yes. They believe in their heart. They see the company in their heart, so they're believing, and they go out and they make it happen. See, a lot of us, we miss certain things. We just brought up the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment. Yes. So she spoke it so. Yes. But then she had to work to get through the press. Come on now. See, a lot of times we want we want God to do the mystical, mystical, right? Now let me bring up another example, right? Ron and I was talking about it last week. The children of Israel, when they were going through the wilderness, God fed them. Yes, they got manna from heaven. Yes. They got quail. Yes. They got all that. So they were living lives. They didn't even have to work for it. No, they all of a sudden, here, here it comes. Get your basket out. They would catch all the manna. 
cook it up, make the bread, whatever they did with it. And then the quail, the quail would land and let them, let them kill them. Yeah. Right? So they were eating lives. But when they got near the promised land, no, God stopped feeding them. So now, like Ron and I were discussing it, God weaned them off of the mystical. Now they had to earn their meal on their own. The thought that I want to leave with you with that example is when you get fed by the fight, you know your blessing is just right over the ridge. Yeah. Because the children of Israel, he said, listen, I promise you the land. Yeah. But you have to go and take it. You got to go and possess it. See, a lot of times we want God, Lord, we'll pray, Lord, please help me do, get through this test. Oh, Lord, please help me do that. But you got to study. You got to study. You got to study. See, we want God to drop the answers in our head. Okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's why X times this. You know what I'm saying? But you've got to study. Yes. This is what happened with the children of Israel. He said, yes, I promise you the land. Yes. But now it's time for me to wean you off of getting fed. That's like a baby, yes. right? Yes. That don't mean God don't love you right. any less. That don't mean mom don't love you any less when she stopped feeding you, and now you got to take the spoon and start eating. Yes. The baby's going to whine, kick, scream, because they're going through a transition period. Yes. Sometimes God has to take us through a transition period to get us prepared for our blessing. Yeah. Because if he keeps feeding, like if mom kept fed and feeding you, you'll grow up looking for mom to feed you. Yeah. Yeah. That's how come you got too many people now that they're in the entitlement program. They feel like they're entitled. You owe me. You owe me. You owe me. So when you when 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 you know God has been blessing you and suddenly God stops, that means He's taking you through another transition period. You're just about that much away from getting the actual blessing you've been asking for. Come on, Lord. I thank See, the you, children, Lord. The, the children of Israel, the children of Israel, when they got to the promised land, God stopped feeding them. Now they had to go over the river of Jordan to fight. Mm-hmm. They take possession of the blessing that God had given them. So the more land they took over the fight, the more blessing they got. Remember, because remember what it said. It said this is a land of milk and honey. Yes, yes. Flowing with milk and honey. Mm-hmm. So we've got to realize that when we're in the fight, and I'm talking about a holy Christian fight, yes. and you're getting fed by the fight, then God is growing you up. He's weaning you from where you were yes. to where you need to be. Yes. And so that now when he gives you that blessing, you'll be have maturity to, to accept it. Amen. Amen. This is what John was saying to them. You need to hold on to the deity of Christ. Yes. See, a lot of times we lose faith. We start weaning away because I done prayed and prayed God hasn't answered my prayer or we start looking within ourselves to try to solve problems. This is making me mad. That's making me mad. This is getting me upset. Or why, God, why? It seems like that person is getting more blessings than I'm getting and all of that down the line. But you still got to trust in the deity of Christ. 
Because you have to believe totally in your heart because God don't accept 99 and a half ain't won't do. Now, this is a problem that I've been having because somebody said, God promised me this. Why am I not getting it? And I said, it's maybe because you want it and not what God is trying to provide for you. And I agree sometimes. Because, mm-hmm. see, sometimes what we do is God said, listen, I'll supply your needs. Yes. And we, we try to use God for our own benefit. Remember, God is the potter. You're the clay. Sometimes we try to make God the clay, and we're the potter. That's what we try to do. Lord, Lord, I need a Cadillac. I need a Cadillac. So what God does, he looks down in your heart, and he says, oh, you just want to show it to your friends that you got a Cadillac. It ain't that you really need that Cadillac. You're using it for selfish purposes. So then God won't give it to you. And now you get mad with God, you get mad with the preacher, you get mad with the pastor and everybody down the line because you done touched and agreed. And God, or what God will do is say, okay, they need a car, so I'm going to give them a Ford. I wanted the Cadillac, but God made the way for the Ford. He says, I'm going to give you what you need. I'm giving you what you need. You need a car, right? You need a car. So you should be happy. See, a lot of times we want to put God in this box. Yes. Yes. And if God don't bless us that way, then we get upset. I'm going to tell you something. One of the things with where God does it is you got to be careful how God sends a word to you. Yes. Because it's also a verse in the Bible that God had a donkey come and speak to him. Now, would you look at the donkey, or would you accept the words that were coming out of the donkey's mouth that it was God telling the donkey to tell you what to do? First of all, the donkey's talking. I think that's dope. See? So I, I hear what you're saying. You'll be, look, you'll be looking at, this donkey's talking to me. You're not really hearing the words. Only thing you're hearing is this donkey talking to me. Sometimes God, go ahead. Say, this donkey is talking. I can make some money. That exactly. <laughs> now they'll take that one step further, right? They'll take that one step further. You know, I can make some cash off of it. And then sometimes you got to be careful. That's how come you always got to be sensitive to the word of God. And that's the reason why John wrote in the beginning was the word. Because yes. he was trying to get them to be spiritual minded. Yes. We have to be more spiritual minded because sometimes God will send your blessing through the enemy. A yes. person you can't stand. And they'll say a word to you. And you be like, you've got to get over that emotions. You've got to get over those feelings to hear exactly what that person is saying. Because yes. sometimes God will send that person to you, say that, and I'm just ticked off. <laughs> How dare they come and say that to me? Right. How dare they? They got their nerve. Because, I, see, I know dirt on them. And that, 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 that. That's how we think. That's how we think. Yeah. But we got to realize this is God that does this, okay? So now we, we related to, in the beginning, God said, let it be light. It was light. You see, Jesus went. He spoke water into wine. He healed the, the official son, right? And then also he healed the lame man by speaking to them. 
you got to understand, God has given you a great gift. You have that power, but you have to believe. You know something, it's funny, I was reading through this, and I read something about Mark Twain. And, you know, he's not in the Bible, but I thought I brought it here because I wanted you all to hear this. He says, a powerful agent is the right word. Yes. A, a powerful agent is the right word. Whenever we come upon one of these intensely right words, the resulting effect is physical as well as spiritual and electrically prompted. That's powerful. When you hear the right word, when you hear that right word spoken over the pulpit, when it's a godly word, because, Rhonda, get, get uh, Proverbs 30 and 5. 30 and 5. See, it was two. I will. It was two. It was two. Two things that was said and what we're studying today. Okay. I'm sticking with the word. But also, belief is very powerful in the book of John. Yes. All right, so we're sticking with the word. What does it say, Rhonda? 30, 30 and 5. Proverbs 30. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Read that again. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield yes. unto them yes. that put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure. And then what did it say? It's what? And it is a shield. It's a shield. How does God's word shield you? How does God's word shield you? The silence in the room. Silence. I want to say that on a spiritual level. Okay. She spoke it on a spiritual level. Okay. Uh, Another level? <laughs> naturally so, we're speaking in a natural term, how does God's word shield you? Oh, I don't think it was Sometimes, right. She's right. Don't get me wrong. But also I'm saying... Sometimes it physically, it does physically protect you. Like in the things that we do? Yes. Ain't Proverbs, ain't Proverbs all about the book of, what you call it, giving you wisdom? It tells you to stay away from that way, the woman who's calling you in the, at the doorway. Better explain it. 
Go ahead. Yes. Um, the simple, right? Yep. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his soul. What do you think that's saying? It said the simple believe every word. Just trust blindly. I believe Jim Jones. Also, Jim Jones come in. Oh. I believe. I saw. He's 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 everything. Right. So it's saying a simple-minded person would just take everything that you're saying, but someone who's more conscious is looking for your actual intent. Like you know, is that what you're saying? It's your it's, actual uh, intention. That's some of it. But what it's saying, read the bottom part, B. Read it all. Just read it all. Be but simple. The, okay. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. The prudent man. The prudent man looketh well to his going. So the prudent man in the Bible, what the Bible say, in all thy ways get what? So before you go into something, you want to get what? Understanding. There's a lot of tricksters out there. There's a lot of false prophets out there. There's a lot of people that'll get you trapped up. So the Bible offers you in a natural sense that when, let's say, if you got boyfriends or guys come up to you, right? Guys come up to you, you're going to check them out before you become simple and believe every word that they tell you. What's that mean? Right. You're going you to check them out. And that's how come it said the prudent is going to be careful. The prudent was careful. So you see that the Bible also, it speaks on a spiritual level, but it helps you also naturally. So that's how come the word can be a shield to you because Proverbs is all about wisdom and words that are saying that will help you. When you fall into a certain situation or a certain situ come, situation come up, you say, uh-oh, I read that in Proverbs. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go that route. I'm not going that route. You have to check it out. All right, go to Proverbs 13.13. 13. Hold on to that now. Hold on to that Proverbs fourteen fifteen because that's a good that's a good saying there. Go ahead. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yes. 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 Um. Whoso despises the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Amen. How many people that got a they had all the best intentions? They became these big preachers and big leaders and all of hold on. Let me let me go a little further here. What are you seeing in the television today? What's in the news now? What's the hottest thing in the news now? Well Trump's always hot, but beside him <laughs> you hearing all these senators they inappropriately reacted to women. Like touching them and all that stuff like that. Now they all saying I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry they didn't follow, they started off with the best intentions, but when they reach that pinnacle of power, they feel like they can do whatever they want to do. And see, that's what it's saying about he who despises the word. You start off with the right intentions. You start off wanting to follow the word, but 
if you let that power get to you. Yeah. See, this is what he told Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man on earth. Yeah. And he told God, said, listen, because Solomon, when he said, what, what do you want me to do for you, Solomon? I'm paraphrasing the scripture, okay? Yeah. And Solomon said, just give me wisdom. The rules that rule like people. And he said, since you didn't ask for riches, money, cars, I'm adding all to that, but you didn't ask for all that, right? You didn't add on, you know, you didn't ask for all that. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you a position. I'm going to give you the king. But one thing I'm going to tell you not to do, do not marry outside of your race. Come on now. <laughs> Marry a Jewish woman. Marry a Jewish woman. What did Solomon do? He despised God's word and started marrying all these other women. Then he started building temples to their God. Then he made the cardinal mistake was he started worshiping along with the wife. And God said, since because of your father David, you will live in peace. But afterwards, I'm going to rent the kingdom. I'm going to split it in half. That's how come you want to follow God's word. The simple will believe anything. And and I know you've all experienced people that were simple-minded, and you know, this guy is nothing, but he just, he's just taking you. He's taking you for all your money. They couldn't see it because they started believing. But the prudent going to say, ah, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me wait and see. You know, let me wait and see. see? But isn't that how we're naturally, women naturally made to believe that people are innocent first and then they're proven guilty? I mean, after they did everything. But, I mean, it's after they've done everything, that's when you start to see all the signs that you missed right before the destruction happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- and didn't they do that? Didn't they do that in the Bible with our Lord Jesus Christ? When he came here and every Old Testament scripture told about his coming, yeah. even told what city he was going to be born in, yeah. and they still couldn't see it? No, they couldn't. So why couldn't they see it? What does the Bible say? We get caught up in our own what? It's in the book of James. Right. Yeah, James also said, but we didn't try to fight with our own blood. Right. Our lust kind of pulls us around and do what they want. Yes. Because we don't crucify the flesh the way it's supposed to. And we're not talking just sexual here. Right. Spiritual, mental. It could be because you could have the lust after clothes. You could have lust after money. You could have lust after cars. You could have less, you could make anything your God. And God says that he will have no other thing over him. You know what I'm saying? So we have to, so what I'm saying is you have to know yourself. The book of Proverbs are good sayings that give you instant wisdom on how to protect yourself out there in the world. Now, getting back to John. See, I know she went in the script, says words not only create emotion, mm-hmm. but they can create action, too. Yeah. Now, we see, we're talking about words, and we're talking about it on a spiritual level, but we see the natural people, the, the, the sinners, using words 
the country. What do you think Trump does every day when he goes on that tweeting? He's tweeting out words to try to get people to side with him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work. But what about some of your great people that use words to get people to what you call it, go the way they want them to go? Well, let's talk about Martin Luther King. He said all the right words to get everybody to do that boycott. Yes. And they all follow through. It was words. So he said the Say it. This is a talk. 
So I'm angry. Okay. So how do I get past the anger and move on? Wow. Anybody want to take a stab at that? You know something? You're right on. Real talk. I'm so I'm angry. Okay. How do I get past the anger and move on? Yeah, I bought this book just in case. No, the only reason why I say forgiveness is because you know what happened with that the whole situation, my credit, all this other stuff. And I was um we was in church and I was so angry. I was like, Oh my god, how could she do this? Da 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 and I forgot what pastor was talking about, but I was crying. Remember, I was crying through the whole sermon. I was just crying because whatever he was saying was just hitting me. And all I could hear God was say, let it go. You've been angry for too long. You've been focused on her for too long. Just forget Amen. it. Like, let it go. And Amen. The, the process and the, the process of forgiveness is just like, I understand what happened. I played a part, she played a part. Now mm-hmm. it's just like I gotta lay it to rest. Mm-hmm. And after after I forgave, I wasn't angry no more. I could smile without thinking about what That's happened it. and all this other stuff. So it's, it's, it's forgiveness. It's it's it. The Bible teaches us that be angry, but sin mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can be angry. It's a righteous anger. But as long as you don't take it to the take it to the extreme, like you don't go and after her with knives and guns and mm-hmm. try to kill her because she does. Right. But you kill her with kindness. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't want to harbor onto that anger right. and it poisons everything else in your life. How are you right. supposed to live? Don't the Bible say you have 24 hours before you have to let that anger go before you sit with you for the rest of your life and mm-hmm. become bitter? Yeah, become bitter. You don't want to be bitter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You wouldn't trust nobody no more. Time to go to Mark 3, verse 5. But the example that just dropped in my heart as you were speaking was Cain. Oh. It was Cain. No, Abel, God accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain. And God said to him, he said, listen, don't basically, didn't you do your best? If you thought you did your best, then be careful. Sin lieth at the door. See, when you allow anger to get get into your heart, it will totally destroy you. Eventually, it will destroy you. You have to. The only thing that counters that is forgiveness. Yeah. You have to forgive it and release it. Read, read Mark, read Mark three and five. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart, he said unto the man, "Stretch forth thy hand," and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored, full as the other. Amen. Now, I bought this book strictly for, because what it does, this book gives you one word. It talks about anger. It gives you scriptures on anger and stuff. All right. What she just read is saying that Jesus was angry about the Pharisees' uncaring attitude. Mm -hmm. Anger itself is not wrong. 
It depends on what makes us angry and what we do with our anger. Yes. Too often we express our anger in selfish and harmful ways. Yes. By contrast, Jesus expressed his anger by correcting a problem, healing the man's hand. Use your anger to find constructive solutions, not tearing people down. No, you, no, you can't. Because let me say this. The Bible has a scripture in it that says when you do kindness to people that hurt you, you are heaping stones. You're throwing stones on them. See, God says he is the paymaster. Yes, yes, he is. He knows how to pay them back. Because he's not going to allow a child of God to go around being hurt. Right. He's not going to do that. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. Amen. Amen. You know, in Genesis, this book writes out Genesis, right? Genesis 27 and 1, 1 through 30. Let me just read this scripture, the key verse, right? Esau hated his brother Jacob, right? Because Jacob had stole his birthright, right? He said, what did he say? He said, I'm going to kill him. But who sold him the birthright? See, sometimes when you look through why you angry, you'll find out, I messed this thing up. Amen. See, Esau didn't mess it up. I mean, Jacob didn't mess it up. Esau messed it up. He went in there wanting to eat the party. Oh, let me have it so much that I die. Yes, Esau tricked him. Esau said, okay, sell me your birthright. Mm -hmm. Give me your birthright. I'll let you eat some of the, the party. Yeah, here's your birthright. So that's how much he thought of his birthright. Mm -hmm. He didn't even think much of it. And see, sometimes when God want to show you something, he'll take that lease that you don't think nothing of and give it to somebody else. And somebody, somebody else will turn it around and make it look so good. And other people start praising about the thing you gave them. Now you jealous. Yes. That's what happened with David. David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem and turned around. Now, he brought it. Now, number one, he was wrong because the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be carried by the priest, the Levite. But he put it on a cot. So he was wrong. Okay, the wheel of the car broke, his friend went to grab it, and God killed his friend dead like that. David got mad because he thought it was wrong that God killed his friend, and he turned around and left the Ark of the Covenant with the Hittites. You keep it. So what did God do to get him? He started blessing the Hittites. David started seeing all them blessings. What did David do? He started running. He ran over and got the Ark of the Covenant. That's just like you having an old car. You give it to your friend. I don't want this thing. Every time it's breaking down, I mean, I don't want it. Friend turns around, fix up the car, take it to Mako, paint it. Now the car looks good. You get jealous. Now I want the car back. Now you mad at her. <laughs> well, you should have paid me something for it. <laughs> it's true. You. It's true. You should have paid me something for it. So now people in the church hurt you. 
So it's church hurt, right? They hurt you. God did not say that this walk is going to be a better ease once you say you become saved, sanctified, filled with God, touch the Holy Ghost. He said, pick up your cross. You must pick up your cross. Amen. Amen. So this is not going to be easy. But when people are hurting you, you, as Book of James said, you got to count it all joy. How do you count it joy? Yes. How do you turn around counting joy? But, but when you go through stuff like that, when you talk about, you know, you are arming yourself with words, right? Can you mm-hmm. do the same thing in this situation? Like in the Bible, like she should armor herself with scripture. Right. You know what's so funny about it? It's just like when they first start to learn how to use their words. Sometimes they don't use them in the right manner. You have to know what scripture to use at what time. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're not studying. I mean, a lot of people don't study. They want to fuss, they want to fight, they want to argue. But they can't use the words if you don't study. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes God means for you to sit there and take it. Mm-hmm. Because that persecution, that persecution builds perseverance yes. and it toughens you. It toughens you. Because sometimes it's not good for you to get into everything of what people are saying. The reason being is you waste too much time bickering, and then you miss out on what God really has you going, and that's the trick of the enemy. That's the trick of the devil. The devil always want to get you off track. Yeah. So if he knows that you're easily, you got that little quick little temper, and then you want to go tit for tat, you never argue scripture. Jesus never argued scripture. None of the prophets never argued scripture. You don't get into that. If you're in the church, you do not argue scripture. Now you get to the point where if God gives it to you to defend yourself, then you defend yourself. You defend the word. But sometimes we got to learn how to be silent because the Bible gives us, what is it? We got two ears and one mouth. So what does that mean? You're supposed to listen more and talk less. I'm going to start using that Whoa. argument. Listen more. <laughs> now, sometimes, sometimes, now, the mothers, the mothers can testify to this, right? The mothers can testify to this. You have your child come in, and, boy, they be going off. And, and sometimes you'll see a mother just sit there and stare at them. Really, they're looking at you like you're crazy. This girl done lost her mind. She just don't know who she talking to. But another thing is the mother knows they hold the power. So you got to know when you hold the power. See, when a person's up there arguing with you about something and they're all ticked off, the worst thing you could do is sit there and look at them and smile. That makes them even matter. Have you ever seen that? That makes them matter. Now you got control. But if you're sitting there arguing with them, you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? Thank you, Lord. Lord, just dropped something in my spirit. Rhonda, we went to go see Sinbad, right? That's before your time. He's a comet. No, he's a comet. All right, okay, okay, all right, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So we, we went to Sinbad, and Sinbad had, go ahead, Rhonda, I'll let you tell it. He was on cable one. Sinbad had this drunk in the audience, and the drunk decided he was going to heckle him to make him mad. So he went and said, 
Sit back. What do you mean? And sit back and say, that's all he did back to him. Right? And then and sit back said, you're a fool if you sit there and go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You're a fool. So he says, I'm going to talk in his language. See, he understood it. And Sinbad did it twice, and the guy never spoke again, did he? Never talked. Sinbad said, hey, I've been doing this thing for a long time. See, a person that's angry is going to try to get you to look bad. Yes, that's right. Come on now. Now, you mess around, you get mad. I had a boss who was honest at that. He would turn around and get you all upset, and then all of a sudden he'd talk so soft to you. I don't know why you're all upset. Now, who looked like the fool? You sit there You look like the fool now. Now they have turned it on you. Now you look like the fool. Now you Now you look like the fool. That's how come you don't play on the devil territory. With, so, so go ahead. The pastor I'm dealing with now, a couple of weeks ago, I preached in church. Mm-hmm. He asked me to preach. He said, I got people who want me to send one of my ministers to their churches. And because you haven't preached here yet, now I'm preaching all over the place. But that's right, church, at this okay? one particular church, so yes. He, he personally said, you know, he didn't think I was a preacher. Okay, okay. Right, right. Don't allow you. Your gift will make room for you. Right. Yeah. So I turned around and he did give me an opportunity, but I got sick and I couldn't come to church. Now, mind you, the week after that, now I go up to him and I go, mm-hmm. "Well, when's the next missionary day? I'll preach then." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "You're not ready." What? I'm not ready. So mm-hmm. finally, it took a year and a half and a couple of weeks ago, I finally did preach. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of the at the end of the church service. I was supposed to have this lady come in with this alabaster box of dust, and my whole entire sermon was about. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to come in and dance and, and go before the pastor mm-hmm. as he was Jesus. And, you know, lay down his feet and pretend to cry and watch and put his hair mm-hmm. on weight mm-hmm. and everything dressed her up. Mm-hmm. And he gets up out of his chair as we started to play the music. Then he gets angry. And he says, um, What do you think you're doing? You know, I don't like the price. So, I'm, I'm looking at him, and I'm, like, totally dismayed. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, and I say to the young lady, real nice, and I said, um, I'm sorry. I'm thank you for being a willing vessel, but not for the mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go mm-hmm. any further. I didn't try to push mm-hmm. it on him. Mm-hmm. I just told him, thank mm-hmm. you. She said, well, is it my fault? No, it's not your fault. Right. I made a mistake, mm-hmm. and thank you. Mm-hmm. So she went, she got dressed, she gave everything to me. So then I turned around and I said, thank you, Pastor. He said, and you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My blood started to boil. Mm-hmm. So then he turned around and he did a whole, it sounded so venomous. You know I don't like surprises. Y'all know me for a long time. You shouldn't have did it. Mind you, I'm trying to stop this. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to carry on. Mm-hmm. And he continued. Mm-hmm. And the more he talked, the more angrier I got. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and I said, God, I can't do this. And then he turned around and said, yeah, well, let's have an offering for it. I said, your money. Mm-hmm. I grabbed all my stuff and I ran out the door. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, God dealt with me about that. I mm-hmm. called each and every last one of those women to apologize. There you go. You know? There you go. I apologize. There you I go. Them, Forgive me for my behavior. There you go. That's now how, how I suppose to act. There it was go. another way for me to do that. There you go. 
And you, you know what? They didn't even blame me. There you go. I was shocked. They didn't blame me. They there you go. There you go. See, one thing, the truth, see, 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 the truth comes out. You don't have to act ugly. And that was good that you apologized. Because sometimes, look at our Lord and Savior. Did he do anything wrong? But he went to the cross for us. Yeah. He stood in front of the, what is it, the Sanhedrin and didn't mumble a word. He could have blew them away with his intellect. But he didn't. See, sometimes when you get a person that is angry, the Bible say you turn you turn away wrath with a kind word. Sometimes you just have you have to take down to get the other person to take down. You understand what I'm saying? But we live in a world today that it's not my ego. You better you you better you better know something. You better tell them who I am. Obviously, they don't know who I am. See, we got to learn how to take down that ego. It was funny because. I was sitting there while you while your mother was talking, and I was sitting there thinking about T D. Jakes. T D. Jakes said he left he left Virginia to go to Dallas, and he said, "You think any of those pastors would open up with open arms to him and say you're the new minister?" They didn't want him to come down there. They talked about him. They ridiculed him and everything under the sun. He said he walked into an old uh uh like an old building, huge building, and he said, Lord, if it's for me, give it to me. The Lord gave it to him. See, God blesses humbleness. In the midst of your enemies, he said, I will make your enemies your footstool. And his words are true. They are true. See, as you go through life, I never forget I had this guy, since this is test with, like test, testifying here, had this guy. I, he said, the boss come to me. He said, listen, you want to drive the straight truck? He said, because we're going to have this account that has all this radioactive and you could drive it to drive it to the airport, right? So I said, well, I don't have a class two license. He said, we're willing to send you, you know, you can use the truck to go get your class two so you can drive it, right? So I said, okay. So what happened was, was this. He said, but you got to do it on your own time. Okay, every Saturday I would come in, get with the tractor-trailer driver who they were paying, and he would take me out and teach me how to shift gears in the truck and all that stuff like that, right? I did it for three months. Okay, three months. Came in when it was time to go up to the class, the FedEx class, they sent the white guy and then sent me. Now, the Spirit of God grabbed me then. And I went to the senior manager, and I said, only thing I want to know is why would they send Brian and not send me? I said it calmly. Now, I could have went in there. I've been coming in here for three months on my own personal time, my Saturdays. You know what I could have been doing on Saturdays? Here it is for three hours. I've been riding around with the tractor trailer driver. Wrong move. Wrong move. See, sometimes we got to learn how to be humble, and God will elevate us. Right? All of a sudden, he bring the manager in, and he said, listen, why did you send Brian? And he showed interest by doing that. Well, I thought he was going to fail. Most people, they got mad at that. Right? Didn't get mad at that. I said, you know something? I know this was the spirit of the Lord. I said, you know something, Sully? Thank you very much for telling me that. 
But if it's God's will for me to get my class to, ain't nothing you, 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 or you is going to do to stop it. That Monday morning after I said it, God sent me to a class. They opened up a class, and I was the only student and had two teachers, not one, two. And comes the burn trying to humble yourself is that we have the Adam sin nature. We had that we have that selfish nature. And that selfish nature is gonna come up. It's gonna rise up in you. The only way you can do that is that you've got to have the Holy Ghost within you to help you to control that nature. That human nature, because self is going to rise up. We have that self. Do you have anything else to add to that, Apostle? It's all about yeah. me. Ain't nobody else to do it. Me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. That's the crowd hand down. Me, myself, yep. and I. We are in the last days where the Bible teaches us that people will have our issues. Yep. And only caring about themselves. No, none, none. And see, we've got to learn how to make self die. Self has to die daily. Self is an enemy against the spirit of God. And you want to have the spirit of God because I'm going to tell you right now, there's situations in your life you've blown because you got mad. Yeah. You honestly blew it because you got mad. You allowed self to rise up. You better tell somebody they don't know who I am. And you don't know God may have you go through that because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When God getting ready to elevate you, he'll make everything around you uncomfortable. You can't be with the clique. You can't be with this person. You can't be with that person because if you get caught up with that person, you get comfortable, then you won't want to elevate. That's just like on a job. Let's look at it naturally. So if you're going to become the supervisor, you can't be the friends of the employees. And you know something? You get a person that you work with a group of employees, and now all of a sudden they come to you and they make you the supervisor. You know how hard that is? Because now you're the one that's pulling the strings. And it's hard for you to discipline somebody who's your friend. Amen. It's hard to discipline somebody that's your friend. 
That's how come you take most companies. They'll turn around and they'll send you somewhere else where you're not known. And you're coming in as the boss. Then to be, you think it would be the other way around. You think it would be easier. It's not. Because your friend going to call in sick, you're not going to write me up, right? Because remember all them years we worked together? You're not going to do that, right? So now you put, now they put pressure on you. Because now you got the other boss know that the friend called in sick. And now they turn around telling you, you better write them up. And you got the friend, you trying to hold on to that friendship. You're caught in the middle. You can't. See, when you're the leader, you can't.
But since I had such a bad spirit, I turned around, no, you run it. You come in. To make a long story short, because of my anger, God let me sit. I sat out of church for almost three years. Wow. Now, contrasted to another story I heard, this guy was in line to be the bishop, the head, the presiding bishop of these churches. He was the chauffeur of the bishop. The bishop died. He knew he was next in line, right? All of a sudden, they brought in another bishop over that. You know what this man did? Instead of him getting mad, he drove him around. He treated him like the he treated him like the regular bishop, right? This is what God did. This is what God did. The bishop that they brought in passed away, and he got elevated to the bishop. Why did God do that? Because he was humble. He humbled himself. Even though he was wrong, he humbled himself, and God elevated him for it. See, let's use an example in the Bible. Abraham. He followed a voice. He didn't even know God. He followed a voice. But when God told him to go in there and destroy that idol, the town wanted to kill him. But he did it. He did it. Why? Because Abraham humbled himself to a voice he didn't know. See, when you humble yourself, God will raise you. Sometimes we have to learn how to humble ourselves because you got to look at the bigger picture. See, we sit around and we get mad. We let these people sidetrack. Well, I'm going to tell them off because, like T.D. Jake said, if he had a fought every battle that those people lodged against him, you think he would have a church that now is now boasts having 30,000 members? Mm-hmm. See, when God elevates you, when God elevates you, now he done made your enemies your footstool. They're still in anger, and here you are. You done moved on. You moved on. Why are you going to wallow in the same pit, in the same pit with people who hate you? Now, the person that got the church hurt out there, your gift will make room for you. See, when you understand that and you understand where you're footing with Christ, you understand you're standing on a solid rock, then all of this is trivial stuff. It's trivial. All right, you want to talk? You ain't going to let me preach? You know how many churches I've been in and they tell me, I'm not going to let you preach, but I want you to sing. Oh, so you want me to be the songbird, but you ain't going to give me a chance to what you call expound on the word. Right, right. You understand what I'm saying? But men and women, one door closes, God opens up another door. And then when they find out God opened up that door, now, oh, well, we'll give you all this time to preach. You can do this. You can do that's how things that's how God works. His favor is not fair. It's not fair. But if you get mad right along with them, how can God use you? See, we, what, all that I'm saying is, is that you have to, what you call it, take the time to say, is this battle worthwhile or not?
bring mm-hmm. no contact me no more. Mm-hmm. She was trying to be nice, mm-hmm. but it just it got to a point where she was too frustrated and she spoke out. Okay. So Anybody got any comments on that? You think that could have been handled any better? Anybody? Now I'm throwing it out there. You think it could be? Well, I want to ask this question too because she felt that she she failed the test. But I'm thinking if she tried to be nice. And this person wasn't responding to her. Okay. And she kept saying she didn't want to speak to her. The person went from calling her to texting her. She basically was aggravating the woman. Mm-hmm. That's just what I'm feeling. And finally, too, she had to get to the point where she said, look, lose my number. Okay. No, because she keep calling you. She kept calling her. That's the person that keeps calling you. And then she kept texting her. Right. And she didn't want to speak of it. Sometimes you run into people and you give them your number, like you used to tell me. You used to say, Mommy, why don't you stop giving these crazy folks your phone number? Because they call you all the time. And yet, and still, you get some. And, and, and she's seen me. She, she's seen me, like, just walk by the phone. And she's like, You're not going to answer that? No. But then they'll call me back to back to back to back to back to back until I answer. Mm-hmm. Or until I shut off the ringer. Okay. So one to two has to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and I hate to do it because they, they think because you're a minister mm-hmm. that you're supposed to answer every call right. that they give you. Right, exactly. And she knew. She said, exactly. I know this person was lying. Right. I'm telling them to stop lying to me. And that's mm-hmm. why she told me. Mm-hmm. Do you think she was wrong? I think she was wrong. Enough. All right. How about you? You think she was wrong? Yeah. No, it happens. How about you, Rhonda? All right, so let's go. You know something, what dropped in my spirit as your mother was talking, right? Paul. Remember Paul when he went to the particular city and that woman that they were making money off of with her her spirits kept following? Yeah. Kept following him around. He followed Paul all around the he city. With the word saying, These are the ones that want to deliver your soul. What did Paul do? Cast a demon right up out of her. And what did the city do? They got mad. They wanted to kill him, right? <laughs> because the masters were angry because they started losing their money right. because she right. could no longer foretell right. what was going on in them. She was, they called them uh, women of problem because she was a psychic. Now I want you to hear this. Paul got to, Paul had to get to the point to cast that demon out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to tell that demon the truth. Yes. Yeah. She, you did not fail the test. If you know a person is lying to you, God commissions you to tell the truth. Amen. Come on now. You have to tell the truth. And then sometimes you have to separate yourself. From that person. Do you know in the church, the Bible says when you get an unruly member, it says that you're supposed to go to them yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you're supposed to bring a witness to them. Then you bring them before the church Mm -hmm. and you cast them out so the devil may buffet them and they may learn something. That's scripture. Sometimes you get people 
that just hop on you, hop on you, hop on you, hop on you, hop, hop, hop. And you have to tell them the truth. She wasn't wrong in what she did. She was nice about it. She didn't get unruly. She didn't get loud. Just lose the number. I done told you the truth. You're lying to me. Yeah. This is the reason why I believe you're lying to me. Yeah. And that this discussion ends. Right now. How many times did they try to trip up Jesus Christ when the Pharisees came to him and they said, is it right for me to pay taxes? So you got to be careful of those people that try to trip you up and get you to act ugly and everything. Yeah. Is it right for me to pay taxes? Jesus took him and said, give me the coin. Whose face you see on the coin? Caesar's. Then run down to Caesar's with Caesar's. Run down to God with God. Keep it moving. That's right. Sometimes you have to tell people the truth. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. They say it right to save yourself. Because what happens is they're going to make you act ugly. And then when you are ranting and raving and stuff, then they hold the phone out and say, look at him. I didn't say anything to get her that upset at me. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. You got to know how to be smart. The Bible said be wise. We got to be wise in all our dealings. We got to have wisdom in all our dealings. So you didn't, you didn't fail the test. If she kept hopping on you, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. Yeah, and that's true. Because some people just don't get it. And sometimes it takes, see, the scripture says, Paul says, I plant a polished water, but God gives the increase. God gives the increase. You understand what I'm saying? What is it saying there? Your mother may tell me the truth. Rhonda may come and tell me the same thing, so that's confirmation. But God gives the increase. He'll let me understand it at the time he wants me to understand it. Yeah. Now, the person who will sit here and tell me that I love to hear truth about me, they lying. <laughs> they lying. I'm going to tell you that right up front. They lying. No one wants to hear it told about themselves. No. Who do you think you are? But see, if you've got the Holy Ghost that's in you, you should be able, oh, you won't get mad when the person is telling you. But when you go and lay down, that Holy Ghost should pull that self into subjection to let you see, yep, apostle was right. And then you've got that godliness to go back and say, you know something, I'm sorry that I gave you those looks and I was saying under my breath, you should drop dead and all that stuff like that. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to know, you've got to look within yourself. No one likes to hear any truth about themselves. You just don't. Dion, hold on. Ooh. Okay, we open. Uh, Central Florida, you're open. In North Missouri, you're open. Go ahead, Dion, say what you got to say. Okay, so I, I got tired of typing. Uh, listen, humil- going back to humility, I would ask the question about how to, so you say God, um, God, Will will help you in becoming humble, right? Yeah. Go so, ahead. 
So if God if how does he do that? Okay. Will he put us in, he put us in certain situations to become see, humble or what? See, when you're saved and sanctified and filled with God's precious Holy Ghost, then it's up to us to renew our minds. And yes, sometimes we get put in certain situations that will help humble us. Because if you read the book of James, I want you to go to James and read it for yourself. James 1, read that whole chapter, and it will give you a clear understanding on the situations and why you get put in situations like that because it works perseverance. Because he needs tough Christians. He don't need Christians that, you know, and, and they run for every little thing or they get mad at every little thing. You understand what I'm saying? So I really want you to read that book of James because it'll teach you how to. And sometimes it's all right because we do get a little angry. Sometimes we do go off track. But, but in the book of James, it tells us that you're supposed to ask for wisdom. It's all right. Amen. Central Florida, your line is open now. Go ahead and ask your question. Is this Laverne live? I'm Laverne. Well, uh, it led up to a lot of stuff that she was saying and what she was doing because she felt as though I should pay for her car for repairs as well, and she had me to um, take her to my dealership, to the guy who uh, repaired my car, so I let him repair my car, and the bill was like $733, you know, and so um, I did get favor as though I only had $540 to pay him because he said that he wasn't going to put the brakes on my car. And it's like this is the season that God is restoring a lot of stuff back to me that what I need to take care of, because I need my car to drive around with and to go to the doctor and whatever else that I got to do and take my son as well. But the thing about it is, though, if God tells me not to give nobody no money, I'm not going to do it. Amen. Amen. And it says, pray for those that despite for you, you. You know, she has screamed out because she knows me from about over 20-something years. And mm-hmm. somehow we connected back. But she was saying as though she needed help. Here, she don't have any kids. Her uh-huh. older kids is grown. And mm-hmm. um, in the in the mix of, you know, we wasn't talking, uh, no contact, as though I've seen certain things as though what she's doing. But nobody mm-hmm. is not going to separate me from the love of God. Nobody. Amen. Amen. I don't care. They laughed at me in the year of 2000 when I gave mm-hmm. my life over to God. Amen. And Amen. It's not an easy thing, but I I continue to to do what God has called me to do. You understand Amen. what I'm saying? And um, it was like little things as though what she was saying, and I was, and I you know politely kind of told her she's thinking like her kid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's certain things that though 
you don't do before you're married. You know, you were mm-hmm. married. You know, what, why you didn't have a child from your husband? You don't mm-hmm. have a child from somebody else. And I just kind of told her the truth as well, too. You don't have a child for somebody else. When a couple years ago, you had abortion. You know, God okay. was against some of that stuff that she was doing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, her her mom kind of helped her as well doing what she did. But it's certain things as though I'm going to stand still. You know, if Amen. however God, whatever God do for me, that's what God do. You know, if I share certain things with you, you're thinking about what I done told you, and then you attack me. So I asked her a question, so how for me to talk to you and tell you the truth? You know, um, if you want God to really actually bless you, you got to see God in his kingdom, and everything should be added on to you. You understand Amen. what I'm saying? And Amen. I said, and I was telling her the little principle. If I want to get a house and it be a waterfront, that's where I want to live at. You understand okay. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I want to buy a Mercedes Benz, that's what I want to buy. Amen. Amen. You know, and um, I was telling her it so. Well, I tell you what, you know, since you're very smart as to what you're telling me, you just go ahead and get your GD, and you go to school, and you get your registered license. Stop talking about it. But mm-hmm. in, the, in the midst of it, I got off the telephone with her because I was just hearing a lot of attack, jealousy, envy, strife, and malice. And then she screamed out as though I should help her, you know, mm-hmm. because I helped certain other families back in the days. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if God tells me not to do it, I'm not going to do it. Amen. And you just and you did exactly what the Spirit had told you not to do, so you're, you're within your rights. You're right. You're right. And sometimes God will tell us, what you call it, you can help a person better by talk, letting them talk and talking things out, you know? Amen. 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 But it's time for us to wrap up. Amen. Glory be to God. Please type in your prayer request in the room as the pastor, pastor, as the minister uh, closes out with his uh, last words. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. I just want to say this. We were talking about the book of John, and we got off and we talked about everything, and I think, and I'm, and I'm praying that it was helpful to a lot of people. But in the book of John, it talks about following the word. We've got to believe in the word. And, you, and I want everybody to honestly answer that question within themselves. Do they believe in a risen Savior? Do they believe in a risen Savior? Because if you don't believe, then the Bible says you're doing all these things, but your heart is far from me. Amen. And you don't want, you want to, when you meet Jesus, they hear, well done, my faithful servant. And if you want blessings to come, you have to totally believe in God without doubting. Amen. Amen. So, I want you all to join us next Tuesday 
Amen. Join us next Tuesday with our discussion. And I'm going to turn it over to the apostle. Amen. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Rhonda, uh, we had a prayer request for a young man. He has said funeralizing their aunt. Amen. Amen. Can everybody join him in yes. prayer? Amen. Oh, Glory yeah. be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank the. I'm, I'm going to call him Pastor for some reason. I'm going to call him. Amen. We're going to thank Pastor for the words of this evening. We Amen. want to bless him because he really brought forth the word. And we want to thank God for his knowledge and his teaching and even for those questions that he answered. And we want everyone once again to come forth, amen, and fight a friend, amen. Glory be to amen. God. Post amen. your page, amen. amen. Let them know amen. this Tuesday night Bible study amen. here with Pastor Cameron, amen. amen. Glory be to God, hallelujah. And we got prayer with Rhonda, with Evangelist Rhonda Lavelle. Amen. We want to thank God for them right here in the divine ministry. Amen. amen. Glory be to God. So, Rhonda. We have a, a young man. His name is uh, Garth Williams. He's in the United Kingdom, and they have to pray for their auntie Deberian tomorrow. So please lift them up in prayer. Amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just stand in the gap right now. Yes, oh, God. Hallelujah. God, comfort yes, them, Father God. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Father God, that we know that there's a time and season for everything, Father God. Oh, Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is the season and this is the time. Hallelujah. 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 I just ask you, God, as they all hold hands. Oh, Oh, yes, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, hallelujah. Just here, just hug each other. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Hug everybody, hallelujah. And let them know that everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Y
Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.